0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Love Hour podcast. I'm your host, Ms. Kev on stage, and I'm joined by my husband and co-host,
1: the Kev on stage.
0: And if you have been following the Love Hour, you know that we are not relationship experts. We just offer our opinions based on our experiences and books that we've read and things that we've, you know, kind of hit game to, and we just share our experiences with you. And again, if you've been following us for any period of time, for at least the last six weeks to two months you know that kevin fredericks has been raving about this book called the big leap, the big leap by gay Hendricks. if you have not listened to the last two episodes of the podcast this is that you should or here's, the thing, or here's the thing
1: here's the thing bonus episode yes i've been talking about it. i've been telling Non-stop. all my friends Last night, I told Danny she needs to read it. Yes, that's right. We had people Um, over. So Top
0: Kisses kisses was over, and we again talked about this book. Actually, she bought it on the spot. Um, And so definitely listen to those episodes so you can get the framework for this episode. But we are so graciously and honorably, okay, I'm making up words, to be joined today by the author of The Big Leap, Mr. Gay Hendricks himself. Everyone in the studio audience, which is the three of us, please give Mr. Gay Hendricks a hand. Thank you so much for being here with us, Gay. We are like, I'm shaking and my palms are a little sweaty right now because I'm so excited. And first things first,
1: Gay, before we talk, we're going car shopping this weekend. <laughs> I told Melissa anything but the Maserati is an upper limit problem. I don't want no BMW. I don't want no Mercedes. I don't want no Toyota. The upper limit me says Maserati Levante. Anything less, I'm not living my best life. So if you
2: can tell I, her I, I've gotta I've gotta take your side, Kev, if you don't mind. Uh, my boy. My, uh, my, and, my. and the reason is here. here You've, you're talking my language because, first of all, I'm kind of a car guy, you know, and Look I've never God. recovered from being a teenage car guy. But um, if I didn't have my car, I'd probably get the Maserati. So you're going to want to know, what car do I what have? You've got to have something that I might be talking about now. What, what are the chances of
0: this? What do you have, well,
2: What I have is an Infiniti Q60T. Those are With nice. The 400 horsepower engine. You gotta have the four-home. And the red leather seats. Red Whoa. leather. Oh. Yeah, red leather seats. And not only that, my wife helped me pick it out. So <gasps> you got you see, you gotta be a good wife about this now. <laughs> Where, your wife's name is Katie, right? Yay! <laughs> Katie, yeah. Where is Katie?
1: <laughs> Katie gonna come in and say, Yeah, I tell Kevin to get the Levante. And you know what, gay, when I was coming back from my walk this morning, I was passed by a Levante and I came and told Liz, she said, That ain't no sign. That is the Lord. That is
2: the or you, Lord. Or you could be or you could be a little more conservative and responsible and get the quattroporte. I could. I That's could true. do that. I could do That's that. That's
0: actually what, true. Why, that. why didn't
2: you say Toyota Corolla
1: gay? <laughs> we are done with the Toyota part of our life. Okay. No, I don't want to hide that conversation. A Corolla.
2: No, <laughs> if you're gonna get anything, get the Toyota Supra.
1: Now you're talking. Somebody tried to get in my car. She thought I was an Uber. I said, this is not upper limit. (laughs) Upper limit people don't have this problem. Okay, let's get started. I want the people to know what I know. And if they don't want to read, maybe this will get them to read the book.
0: Definitely, you should read the book. But before we even go down that path, I do want to allow the opportunity for Gay to introduce himself for those people in our audience who are unfamiliar with you. Please lay the framework for who you are.
2: Yes, well, I'm here by the grace of our great spirit and the fact <laughs> that uh, I, um, I happened to get lucky enough to marry a woman named Katie Hendricks 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so those are a couple of elements about me. Believe it or not, let me just stand up here for a second. I, I probably, many of your people are, are watching. I weigh about 180 pounds and I'm six feet tall. Okay. Oh, so wow. Now the reason I'm here is because when I was 24 years old, I weighed 320 pounds. Mm-hmm. I was still six feet tall, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't up there like Shaq or anything. Wow. At six feet tall, I had 140 more pounds wrapped around me mm-hmm. than I have now. And so I had a big wake up enlightenment experience when I was 24. I'd always carried a weight problem. I was something was wrong glandularly from the very beginning because I was the only fat person in a family where everybody else was skinny. And so I was taken around to medical specialists and given shots and pills and you name it. But I never got the weight off until I was 24. And I had a big wake up experience. Mm-hmm. And so everything since then I feel like uh, has been a tremendous degree of learning as I've learned different things about who we really are as human beings. But one thing I learned is i was I was using my weight, and also i I wore glasses at the time, and I smoked heavily, smoked uh, cigarettes heavily. And I was also in a job I hated and in a relationship that wasn't going well. And I didn't like my car, by the way, either. So <laughs> you can tell I was really in, uh, in the pits. And so I had this moment where I actually, I, I, what happened was I fell down mm-hmm. and I didn't knock myself out, but I landed with a big whomp on an mm-hmm. icy road in New England taking a walk one day. And in that two minutes after I fell down, I got a whole different sense of myself because I felt underneath all of my 300 pounds, I could feel there were all these emotions like fear and anger and sadness that I'd never talked to anybody about, certainly, and I didn't even know about in myself. And underneath that, though, was where the real magic was, because as I felt all of those emotions and all of the parts of my past that I was denying and concealing, I got to this place where there was just pure consciousness. There was no programming on it. And I realized that's who we are as human beings. We all come in with this spacious sense of being here that then gets interfered with with the kinds of things we're programmed, you know, like if you I grew up in such a way that I was a source of great shame when I appeared because my father had died and wasn't in the picture. And my mother um, was, you know, a single parent. And so there was a lot of messy things around life from the very beginning. But in a way, I realized in that moment, none of that mattered. Mm. Because that spe- that space of pure consciousness was a place where I could reinvent myself. Yeah. And so within a 100 years, I lost, I mean, within a 100 No, within a year, I lost 100 pounds, not within 100 years, but uh, (laughs) I lost uh, actually more than 100 pounds over the next year. I also didn't need glasses anymore. I somehow passed my driving test ever since without having to uh, have glasses restrictions, which I had beforehand. Um, I also got out of the trouble relationship and into a much better relationship and changed Um, I invented my job, by the way. I decided to invent a job I wouldn't ever want to retire from, so I became a psychotherapist and then a professor, and um, in 1989, Katie and I had this brilliant idea. We were sitting in front of the fireplace, and we'd just done a group for maybe six couples in our living room working on our form of relationship counseling. We'd made some really big discoveries, and we said, you know, we're sitting in front of the fireplace. You know we really ought to take this out to a bigger audience. We ought to write a book about this and really and so I set to work and I wrote my my first relationship book Conscious Loving with Katie. We've since written an, about 10 books together, but that was the first wow. one where we wrote it together. And so we had this extremely fortunate thing that not long afterwards we got a call from a talk show host with an unusual name, Oprah. And uh, at the time, we didn't have a TV set, so we really didn't know much about Oprah. And uh, so um, we went overnight from working with a dozen couples in our living room to working with 10 million people on Oprah. And then things never really slowed down for the past 30 years. Uh, Oprah is retired now, but her her stuff keeps living on because somewhere That's in the right. world, somebody's running a replay of our show with Oprah on it today in uh, India or China or someplace like that, and so uh, it's been a wonderful ride thanks uh, to her over the past 30 years.
0: First of all, Shout we have a whole old. entire guest on our show that was on the Oprah Winfrey Show. Mm-hmm. Lord have mercy. We'll get on A little bit had a moment. Pick up it. the this weekend. <laughs> Well, I think that that was a fabulous introduction. Yeah. One of the things that we have kind of been alluding to this whole conversation, and I think we should probably dive right into it, is this idea of the upper limit, the your upper limit problem. I don't know that you call it the upper, yeah, you do, you call it the upper limit problem. For those people that are unaware, can you define what the upper limit problem
2: is? Okay, I like this question now because of talking about cars, because imagine, Kevin, in his new Maserati. And, and he gets it out on the freeway. No traffic. And so he decides to take it up to the limit. Uh-huh. And so he gets up to about 65, 75, And all of a sudden, something starts slowing the car down. Uh-huh. What do we got there? We got mad Kevin. Yeah. And so what happens is he's, he's wondering, Oh, I'm scared. There's something wrong with my car. I, I what's going Is it me? Is it the car? You know, so that's how the upper limit problem works. We get a little more successful and then old beliefs about our past uh-huh. kick in and uh-huh. old fears kick in. And I'll tell you shortly exactly what those fears are so you'll know what to look for. But what happens is if we start moving faster, getting more love, getting more success, having more good feeling, those fears come up. And the upper limit kicks in and we go and bring ourselves back down to a more comfortable, familiar level, even though it makes us miserable, at least it's familiar to us. And and so I discovered that myself many, some decades ago now, and I started solving the problem in myself by gradually accustoming myself to feeling good for longer and longer periods of time. So one of the first questions I ask in the big leap is are you willing to feel good for longer and longer periods of time each day? And another related question in your relationships, are you willing to allow yourself to experience more of the flow of love for more and more minutes every day? Because once you say yes to that, you start seeing life in a whole different way. Now life is about increasing the amount of love flow in your life. Now life is about increasing the amount of good feeling. Because when you're feeling good, you have more to offer everybody else around you. You know, one of my old yoga teachers way back when I started yoga said, if I can give myself one hour a day, I can give my kids and my husband 23 good hours Ah. but if i don't give myself that hour a day i don't give anybody any good stuff and so So we need to kind of pay attention here first to the instrument that we're playing all the time which is our consciousness and work on getting to feel better and better all the time so go ahead
1: no no no, no.
2: just thinking about the
1: maserati color i'm gonna pick out (laughs) black or white one of the go ahead go for black
2: don't go for it don't don't go for a white car. In Florida, where I grew up way back in the 50s and 60s, every rent a car was white. Mm. And so if you saw a white you, uh, a white car, uh, rent a car. And, yeah. and uh, I don't true. know if that's still true or not. No, I but rented a white one, I but see a black
1: it, one passed me today.
2: Well, the black one really looks good. And you got to obviously keep it from getting that California dust all over of it course. all the time.
1: Of course. Of uh, course.
2: But my buddy bought a new Tesla recently. And when I saw it, I didn't know he'd bought white. When I saw it white. (laughs) white (laughs) Anyway, don't get me started on white. I won't I'm not gonna have to sidetrack you anymore. Wait, so
0: I have so let's continue down this path of the conversation with the upper limit problem in the car, right? One of the most pervasive questions that people have is how to decipher Mm -hmm. an upper limit problem and a responsible choice. How do you tell which way you're going?
2: Yes. Well, it has to do with the presence of fear. Uh-huh. And fear is way down in the middle of our bodies. You know, w- w- where you feel fear is in the same general area that you feel hunger, which causes us a lot of problems because yeah. I used to eat when I was lonely or eat when I was scared or eat when I was hurt. Or, you know, is so that why we're emotional a... eaters? Yeah. 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 Don't go. Don't go get sidetracked. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and this is really where the upper limit problem speaks to us in a big way. Okay. Because imagine w- with a car you, or let's say with a diet, I bet just about everybody has been on some kind of diet at one time or the other. I know I've been on a thousand of them. I was put on many of them when I was a kid too. And uh, Uh, And also one year I was given diet pills, amphetamines. And for my ninth grade year, I made straight A's in school for the first time because (laughs) I could only sleep about four hours a night, you know. And uh, so (laughs) then when they took me off of them, it was a gigantic crash. Um, So I want to highlight fear because when you're angry, Uh you're also scared. And it's mm-hmm. further down in your body. You know, when you're angry, your jaws clench, your back of your neck gets tight, your fists get... But if you look underneath that, when you're angry, there's always something you're sad about and something you're scared about. Oh, and wow. so it's very important to ourselves and our own growth, as well as being in relationship, to be able to distinguish when we're truly angry or are we sad and scared about something. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And here's my discovery from 45 years of relationship counseling, about 98% of our anger up here is not real anger, because real anger is not about perceiving yourself as a victim. Real anger is not about, real anger is if you've been legitimately violated in some way mm-hmm. or legitimately victimized by some kind of unfair aspect of society or unfair unfairness within your family. Real anger is a response to unfairness. Okay. Whereas a lot of, um, you know, like phony anger is really based in sadness and fear. And that's why, like uh, on our one of our relationship websites, we have a testimony from a guy who said that one word changed his entire marriage. He'd been together with, about, uh, with his wife for about 12 years, and he realized the word was, I'm scared, instead of, I'm mad, or you did this to me, or why don't you quit doing this? He got underneath it and said, oh, I'm afraid, and found out what he was afraid of. And that's really a key to the upper limit problem because the upper limit problem is driven by only a handful of fears. One of them, which I can almost guarantee everybody's got a little piece of is the feeling inside that I'm fundamentally bad in some way, or Mm -hmm. I've done something wrong, or I don't deserve good stuff. Um, I had a lot of that growing up and I bet many of you and your Audience did too. Um, And that's a very, very different sort of thing. The moment you can get underneath that kind of surface level anger and talk about your fears and your sadness, that's where you make a lot of progress in the relationship domain. Mm -hmm. So people come in here, you know, like now. Well, they don't come here now because of the pandemic and everything, but uh, they they come here on Zoom and they come here virtually. Uh, But sometimes, you know, before March, people would come here from Mm -hmm, Saudi Arabia or South Africa or someplace in the world often and spend a few days with us. And inevitably what happens is when the couple starts out, they're way apart because they're not speaking to each other in a relevant way. They're talking... I'm angry and I'm the victim here. No, I'm angry and I'm the victim here. Uh Uh-uh, I'm angry, I'm the victim here. No, I'm the real victim here. You, me, you, uh, you know, (laughs) and I swear, I have had couples in here who've been doing that drama for 20, 30 years without ever getting underneath it. I'm blown away sometimes. I will say to people, why did you wait 20 years to try to solve this problem? You know, Mm -hmm. because I've actually had couples in here that have been married 20, 30 years that said the problem started on their honeymoon and they continued to recycle who's the bigger victim here, who's the bigger victim here. And the truth is, you have to say, nobody's a victim. We all just create whatever situation we have, and then if we argue that we're the victim of it, we're in a battle with the universe and like right. the great Frank Zappa once said, in a war between you and the universe, bet on the universe right 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 so I think one thing Melissa
1: and I have talked about just talking about the the responsible or upper limit problem with the the car um actually, before we talk about that, let's take a quick break and we'll okay. be right back
0: okay All right, we just took a break we want to tell you about Albert listen Gay and Kev are having a really really good time having conversations about the Maserati Maserati
1: Kev is a thing again
0: but listen to me the only way to get the Maserati is you got to be responsible with your finances bingo okay Okay. I actually use the Albert app I'm about to show you guys right now they have a host of things that you can um, use you can do investing you can do budgeting you can do savings they have a a bunch of things how much have you saved right now give the
1: people the truth
0: Pacific Perfectly. Hold on. Let me go into here because it's you know they got this stuff together. I have saved nine hundred and thirteen dollars and eleven cents. Eleven cents on using their savings feature on the Albert app. I really really love it. They do it automatically, so I can save money without nice. even having to realize it. And the best part about it is Christmas is coming up around the corner. And we all got Christmas presents that we need to purchase and we need to buy. Mm -hmm. This is a great way to get a head start on saving up money. So that way you can buy the presents that you want for your family in a way that's seamless, easy and beneficial because it costs you nothing but signing up for the app. Sign up for the app, man.
1: Save your money, invest your money. Use technology to your benefit so you can get the Maserati of your life. Maybe you don't want the Maserati. Maybe the Toyota Corolla is the Maserati of your life or the BMW, or whatever it is, you can't have none of that stuff if you ain't saving. You understand me?
0: Yes. Albert is an easy app to set up. It's effortless savings. That's what I should have said. It's effortless savings Mm -hmm. and expert help with the Albert genius. Install the Albert app from your app store or Google play today to help you find the happy balance and get a bonus of 40 dollars when you start an annual subscription to albert genius again you're just going to download the albert app then you're going to get a 40 dollar bonus for signing up with an annual subscription to the albert genius
1: okay now we're back um We both come from poverty, Melissa Uh and I, for a long time. And even the beginning of our marriage, majority of our marriage, majority of our life. (laughs) This successful period is only very recent, last three to five years Mm -hmm. where it's successful and there's no um, uh, signs of it slowing down. However, what we're always afraid of, Melissa, you know, puts it really eloquently, uh, Fear that broke is around the corner, right, so if we get a maserati, which is a car that is really expensive in comparison to what the cars we had driving an 09 paid off Corolla, it's not a wise you know choice for our finances it's not you know uh, it's not a you know we can get a car that's similar but not as expensive uh and what if something goes wrong and we now have this car payment that's a lot um to be honest, a lot of things would need to go wrong very very long period of time for that to be a problem. But that fear sits so real in the back of our mind. It chooses how we buy the house, how we vacation. Well, not how we vacation, not how I vacation. But that fear is very real. How do you quiet that fear so you can get the Maserati?
2: Yes. Well, first of all, I want to advocate that nobody ever buy anything or do anything that's beyond your means and point. all that, because that brings up more fear and sorrow. So, why I so much harp on fear, and we have a lot of resources on our uh, nonprofit foundation website for how to deal with fear. By the way, so um, Foundation for Living, Foundation for Conscious Living com is the place to go if you want to learn about our free fear resources. Um, the reason I harp so much on fear is because fear drives the upper limit problem. So if you look underneath your particular upper limit problem, you say, "Okay, I'm afraid." of being poor again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm afraid, and I'll tell you, I've had people here worth hundred million dollars, sometimes worth a billion dollars, and that fear doesn't go away Right, really? if you have a billion dollars. Because it has nothing to do with money.
0: Tell me. What so does it have to do big with? Take a deep breath. Listen, I'm yes. taking a deep breath.
2: Gay now! You Gay. set
0: me up! <laughs> on what me does that. it
2: okay.
1: have to do with? <laughs>
2: Okay so around here we say money problems never have anything to do with money mm-hmm. and sexual problems never have anything to do with sex Child so the will big help question you're today. asking is, what do they really have to do with? Okay so use our body centered transformation free tool of conscious breathing and just take okay. a couple of breaths into yourself because i want to promote your wondering about that so have a moment of sincere wonder about hmm what do my money problems actually have to do with Ooh, why do before I, I jump emotional? in Good with too. my rap about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just wondering about it. Do you come up with any ideas or flashes of memory or flashes of, uh, I actually pictures did come back like? with a flash. I did.
0: I did too. What was yours? My flash
1: was back to El Paso when we had nine people in a three bedroom house and it was the lack of enough. Yeah. However, yes, we never felt like the lack of love. We we lacked like sure. extravagance, but we did not lack love. And like that's why I tell people I didn't know I grew up poor because it didn't feel poor. We had right. food, we had fun, we had you know Star Search, you had church, you know what I mean. Uh, our house was filled with love. Right.
0: My my vision was my dad. I've always said this, mm-hmm. but it came back to me. My dad's sitting at the dinner table. This is when checkbooks were a thing, sitting at the table, writing out checks, balancing this checkbook. But we did grow up around love, but the image, I, I didn't get warm and fuzzies. I remember him being stressed the heck out because trying to make mm-hmm. ends meet that were too far apart was stressful. Yeah, That's what comes to my mind.
2: Yeah. So take that. Now that's okay. beautiful because okay. now we're in the domain of places where you can make some big changes so tune into those feelings in your body for a moment that feeling of seeing your dad stressed out and mm-hmm. feel in your own body how you duplicate that same feeling oh yeah I feel how carry. you have taken on that because that's part of your love with your dad
0: oh
1: Jay hendrix
2: I wasn't ready to be read today.
1: Gay (laughs) Hendrix, sir.
0: Somebody said, where do you keep all the edges you snatch?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You are saying, if I'm understanding correctly, you're taking on his stress when that's not even relevant to your life. Oh, no. Oh, no. Internet, Internet, not now. Oh! Oh! We
2: lost them. We're loaded the circuits with love. Oh, oh here we go. Oh, You're okay. back. You're back. Okay. okay.
1: I don't know if you heard what I said, Gay, so I'll repeat it. Uh, I think
2: we blew up the internet with we, too yeah. much love.
1: <laughs> we did. I, I said Melissa is, is internalizing her father's stress, even though that's not relative to her life.
2: Yes. And apply that now to you, Kev Ooh. and tune in inside to that old feeling of nine people in a little house. Yeah. Yeah. Nine people at a little house. And underneath that, what's the fear that was present in your body? Maybe nobody could talk about it, but what am I afraid of when I'm sitting there in the evening with those nine people or waking up in the morning? What's the background fear that I'm picking up on?
1: I can tell you very clearly. Tell us. There's not enough. There's There's not not enough space. There's not enough food, there's not enough money, there's just not enough for Uh everybody.
2: Yes, Mm -hmm. and here's the process that we use in our trainings, and I'll uh, just do a quickie version of it here. But see, those feelings were very appropriate to where you were at the time. You just don't want them continuing to show up in your body now, okay? (laughs) And so the way to do that is Take one hand and point toward wherever the past is and say, that was then. That was then. Was then.
0: Come on and take us to church. And then, then. Come, around with your hand
2: and come around with your hand and put it on your heart and say, this is now. This is now. This is now. This is now. Do it again with me. Exactly. That was then. I will that was cry then. in
1: your face. <laughs> that was then.
2: That was then. And this, this is now. Is now.
1: This is I have hour. many of
2: the same memories because uh, my father died before I was born. Um, died shortly after I was conceived at the end of the Second World War, mm-hmm. and so my mother was literally left pregnant with a six-year-old son and a car that wasn't paid for. And then she eventually got three hundred dollars from an insurance from uh, one of my uh, from my dad's insurance policy. And so this was in 1945, obviously, when $300 was worth more than it is now. But still, it was not a very large amount of money to launch a whole new life on. And so I had like you to kind of open up to some of those kind of deeply held old fears from back in there, because I could still remember seeing my mother literally crying over the Mm -hmm. checkbook, trying to make it work, you know, Mm -hmm. and Oh, those things leave a big emotional impression on you because yeah. you love those people, you know, and right. you want to share their pain and you don't want them to hurt. And so we want to honor those feelings. They were right for then, but that was then. Uh-huh. This is now. So in okay. this moment of now-ness, just appreciate mm, how blessed you are. Mm, just take a moment to celebrate Oh, how hard. blessed you actually they, I, are i want
1: to do this i'm gonna tell you it's very hard it's for me It's hard as i wanted to say how blessed i am i i a, strike a, a, i did too i didn't even take a full breath a voice in the back of my head said don't brag
0: uh-huh. be
1: humble don't brag. everybody right. else uh-huh. might not have that it's not right you're gonna make people feel bad like all that that's what always happens when i feel like that stuff coming yeah. up it's like i i, I. nope just be small, do little stuff. You don't want to offend. You don't want people to make people feel bad. Right. You know, you don't want no name to get mad at you. Capitalism, you know, it's all kind of stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. So that's the upper limit problem in action. You have yeah. a little moment of, oh, celebrating your blessings and then clunk, yeah. you know, the upper limit gets hold of you again. So back to celebration for a moment take a moment okay. just right now okay now here's something to celebrate here's something okay. to celebrate i'm going to just speak very bluntly here we're all hopefully we're all grown ups but how old are you kevin 37 37 okay so 37 years ago approximately millions of little sperm cells left your dad's penis and <laughs> began and began the equivalent of a three-mile swim up to a waiting egg. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were one of the millions that won the race. You were the only one that got there. So just take a moment and celebrate. Millions back.
1: didn't make it, <laughs> but you, I was the sperm that did. That's enough to <laughs>
2: <laughs> You've probably seen pictures like of the New York marathon where you see yeah. a giant people running over the bridge. Well, you won a race that was like 10, a hundred times more individuals in it than the New York Marathon I was had. So just take a moment and celebrate take that. Take a moment okay. and celebrate that. Now, now Melissa, let's take another, another thing. Did you know that there are approximately 9 million species on this planet? No. I looked that up one time. I was amazed. I didn't <laughs> know there was that many different things like us on the planet. Well... Most of them we don't see because a good many of them are bugs. Okay, yeah, right. but there are nine million different species here. But isn't it amazing that the three of us and everybody oh. that's watching this happen to land in the species that can have a conversation mm-hmm. about the upper limit problem or yeah. getting luckier or getting more love in your life? See, to me, that's just so astounding that I want to celebrate that. Oh, okay. okay, so. The best place to start any kind of change process is when thorough gratitude and appreciation for what you have now. But now let's take it into the future. Okay, let's take a big leap here. Okay. Um, oh, I got nervous. Ever, have you have you ever seen uh, like I've been to Amish country or some place where you see horses and buggies still being pulled around on the mm-hmm, road? Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you ever seen one where the horse was pushing the buggy no 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 and there's a good reason for that because there's a lot more power in a horse if it pulls something behind it than if it's pushing something from behind that's That's just a fact of physical Uh and i mentioned that because it's much more powerful to be pulled toward the future by a positive vision of the future than it is to be pushed by something negative from the past. Oh, that's good. Come on, yes.
1: Mr. Hendricks. That's good. Jesus <laughs> oh, Gloria. Dios.
2: Woo. Oh, that's. You know, good. I, I don't want to. I don't want to overinvite myself, but I'm going to have to come back on another occasion because I've got about another two hours of stuff that I'm just itching, and I'm just looking at the clock here. Uh, oh, yeah But. Yes. Um, but He's going to have to come back. You see what I mean? I want you guys now to launch a vision of your future that pulls you to it instead of being pushed from peers in the past. And so. Oh my God. Wow. How magnificent could Kevin and Melissa get? How magnificent. In the Maserati, in the house,
1: in the business, even in love. Like, I know this, I came to this book for like success problems. But we do this with love too. We feel like this can't, this can't. Surely something's gonna go wrong. You know, in Melissa's case. My parents got divorced. Right. Eventually, something's gonna happen bad. It, it. We. What if it doesn't? What if it just continues to be good because you continue to
2: work on it being good? You know what I mean? Well, I think that's the way to go about it. And that I could, you know, if I were a betting man, I'd bet big bucks on your relationship flourishing because you have that way of looking at it. And just, you know, man to man, Kevin, when you look at Melissa, like when I look at Katie, I am absolutely blown away every day that I get to be married to her. Aww. So am I gay. Yeah, I can see that in your eyes. You yes. And, I'd be like, then, bruh,
1: this is <laughs> yeah. outside of like beauty and motherhood. Like she is the, the pull towards my future, Aww. you know, yes. just- the way she helps me, the way she cares about me and all okay, that stuff. Okay, y'all
0: got me crying.
1: <laughs> she is yeah. that cool, and and, <laughs> and it, it, I don't have the same life without her. No, you don't. I don't, don't have you, the same. It is my greatest lucky
2: thing, you know, yeah. bl- biggest blessing. Well, you know, I mentioned, um, <laughs> I mentioned uh, the, the book I wrote just before the big leap uh, called Five Wishes. And, it's all about how to figure out what your five biggest goals are in your life. And in it, I take you through a process of um, where you actually in your imagination, feel yourself on your deathbed and you look back at your life and say, okay, what made it a success? Well, when I did that process for myself long before I, I wrote the book, I realized the one thing in my life that I've done that I'm more proud of than anything else is I created a loving relationship with a woman with whom I could grow and change over the years, a relationship that just is better and better and better every year. It started out great, but you know, and we've had our downs and ups like everybody else, but gosh, you know, just the, the fact of being with another human being for 40 years and going through all these changes together, it brings a kind of richness to life. And if you, yeah. you have that going, blessings upon you, you know, that uh, whatever you've done to get there, great. You know, yeah. it takes a tremendous amount of work. And so let's all just wish that for everyone in the world that wants that. Let's create a space in this moment for everybody to take a big leap into that kind of relationship if they really want to. I,
1: this is why I wanted everybody to read the book.
2: I know. We I want people right to
1: feel what too. we, what I felt when I read it. I want them to feel what gays, is, you know, giving us. I want you to feel that in that moment this is a great time to take a break yeah feel this break
0: (laughs) feel this break
1: all right while we take a quick break from uh, talking with gay just want to remind you that i heard about gay in therapy he was uh his book the big leap was a recommendation from my therapist and therapy has changed my life in so many ways and this is one and guess what better help is here to help you change your life through therapy you know what i'm saying like There's a lot of stuff going on right now. There's
0: a lot of stuff in the
1: world. Uh You know, the pandemic has brought together a lot of problems and there's nothing wrong with having somebody help you sort through those problems, those feelings, so you can live your life without the upper limit problems. Okay.
0: Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Um, as kevin said kevin has gone has gone through the upper limit problem and he has started therapy in order to overcome those things BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist you can start communication in under 48 hours it's not a crisis line it's not self-help it is professional counseling done securely online there's a broad range of expertise available which may not be locally available in many areas the service is available for clients worldwide you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy.
1: BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. You can check out betterhelp.com reviews to see some of those and visit betterhelp.com lovehour love hour. That's better help, better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for the Love Hour listeners, you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com/lovehour.
0: Again, that's betterhelp h e l p.com/lovehour. And of course, listen, we want to tell you about our most favorite friend of the podcast, Blue Chew.
1: Get your penis right. You want to get your sperm to the front. First, you need a hard penis. My dad had a hard penis, and without that, I wouldn't even be here. You deserve the hard penis you want. You deserve premium pumps with your lady friend. Sometimes your penis ain't ready for premium pumps, and you got half chub pumps, quarter chub pumps. But you want full-on, full tank of gas, premium pumps, and Chew will get you right there. Listen, I tell you right now blue chew gave me premium pumps
0: it did and as gay said you won the race of all the millions of people there and the way to pay it forward is to use blue chew
1: Zay Zay and jojo are here because of premium pumps and blue chew want you to have that right now we got a special deal for our listeners visit blue and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code love love just pay five dollar shipping against that again that's b-l-u-e chewcom promo code love to try it for free and remember when you support our sponsors you make the podcast possible so please be sure to use our promo code love love at com. get the erection you deserve and we're back yes uh, i'm glad you said you want to come back because i feel like i'm looking at all this stuff and i'm like there's no way we get through this with 30 minutes left and i don't want to even 30 not even he oh, has 11 or 11 15. 11. But he say he could go oh, to eleven fifteen.
2: Yeah, I can, I can push it to eleven fifteen if I okay, need to. Okay,
1: okay, okay. I do need to. I, I am. I ain't gonna hold you. I, I, I'm. A, I'm gonna need that. I need that thirty. <laughs> from I need that thirty from you.
0: I want him to go over the other barriers as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like yeah. yeah, the the hidden barriers. The
0: four hidden barriers. Yeah, because we we went over the one. Yeah. Which is the feelings of unworthiness, which I definitely the feeling of
2: unworthiness. Uh, what we call feeling fundamentally flawed. Feeling yeah. fundamentally flawed. And. Then a second one, which so many people in our field, people who are interested in human potential and growing and that kind of thing, often suffer from um, a fear of outshining other people. Like, for example, you touched on it a moment ago, um, Kev, when you uh, you know you had that moment of expansion, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, these old yes. you
1: know, pictures
2: yes. come into your mind, and. One of the things I had to confront and deal with is I'm I'm the only sort of super successful person in my family, mm-hmm. you know, the only one to write books and make a lot of money and stuff like that. And so it's been a challenge to deal with members of, you know, my extended family, um, just in some practical ways, like uh, folks asking me for loans and things like that which I'm able to do oftentimes, but not able to do all the time, obviously. Yeah. And so, um, but if you have a big extended family, it sort of makes that complicated. And so I, I wanted to kind of warn you about that, because as you expand more, things come up with friends and family that are kind of like a upper limit in a way, because another one of the the fears is the fear of being disloyal to people right. in your past that helped you get there right hey
1: Hendrix when I tell you this one hit me in the mouth (laughs) like a bag of
2: hot nickel
1: (laughs) bruh yeah yeah because I got middle child syndrome on top of that like on top of this other stuff and my brother was super successful in sports and stuff and my sister was the only girl so I had a lot of feelings of like you know though they want them they want them but nobody wants me type stuff and then that my real dad not being a part of my life that was true abandonment And then just people in the industry, friends who have, you know, old companies I've worked with or people we were at the same level before. And then I continue to grow like it came up in my life in so many ways. And it was un, kind of like undiagnosed. Sure. I was just, you know, my therapist recommended this book to me. So I recommend therapy because of so many episodes of talking about or so many sessions talking about this with her, she was like, you need to read this book mm-hmm. because, you oh, know, Gay well, goes in, heart. Thank you. Yeah. She's a fantastic therapist. And you were speaking this specific part was speaking to so many parts of my life where I was like, I don't want to be that much successful because what if they can't go? Right. What if they can't do? What if my other comedian friends don't sell out this much or yeah. what if people don't want to work as hard as I am or what if they can't vacation where I want to vacation, then I shouldn't go Right? if,
2: if they can't go. Um, but that's wrong. Well, it speaks also to a part of yourself that you do need to acknowledge, though, there's a part of ourselves that's compassionate, and in Buddhism, it's uh, what they call Bodhisattva, which is a, it's a type of Buddha that wants everybody to be enlightened, just like they are, you know yeah. that, right, that has that uh, wanting everybody to have a good time feeling. And yeah. I can even remember that as a as a kid. I was drawn, I don't know why, I think I mentioned it in the Big Leap, but when I was four or five years old, I got a trike, I got a trike for my birthday, tricycle, and it was raining, and I couldn't ride it outside, and so I rode it around my grandmother's living room, she gave me permission, and when I was uh, growing up until the age of seven, I lived more at my grandparents' house than I did with my mother, because my mother was struggling a bit, and so, um, I, uh, when I think of my parents, it's oftentimes I kind of think of my grandparents, but Mm -hmm. uh, my granddad helped me put a cardboard box in the corner of the room and helped me put a sign on it, believe it or not, that said problems. And I sat in my box and it was supposed to be my office and people were supposed to come and talk to me about their problems. Now that my family thought this was hilarious because here's this little kid. Oh, and I commuted over to my office on my tricycle. tricycle. And uh, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I was a busy little therapist from the very beginning. And when, one of the things I kept noticing, though, was why can't you guys just get along? Right. You know, like my grandparents were two of the most loving people in the world. When they weren't in the same room together. Right, right, right. And they were married 63 years, but I say they spent 59 and a half of those years fighting with each other (laughs) and not speaking to each other. Uh, But individually, you know, they're extremely loving to me, and I wouldn't be here uh, without them. Uh, But, you know, it's always puzzled me. Why can't we get along? And this is the reason we can't get along, is because we have these hidden fears that are operating under the surface. And you need to kind of begin to look inward a little bit to discover what those are. The problem is when a lot of people start to look inward, they do it with self-criticism. All like, oh, why am I doing this again? Or why did I do this? You know, And it's the same voice somebody else would use to criticize us. Wow. Wow. You can never criticize a problem away in another person or yourself. Problems can only be loved to extinction. They can't ever be criticized out of your body. You got to love yourself exactly the way you are, with all your faults and flaws and incompletions and desires. You know, all of that needs to be loved. As Walt Whitman said, I am large and contain multitudes. We're all like that. We're large and we contain multitudes and All of it needs to be held in a context of love. The moment you begin to love yourself thoroughly, then it becomes possible to love another person even more thoroughly. So the two work in a nice continuous loop like that.
0: Can I just, I want to take a pause really quickly. One of the things that I'm noticing, even in terms of your body language, is as you're talking, how much you're moving and it almost as if you're like receiving and truly even taking what you're saying is coming back in and you're taking it back in and receiving it into your body. Just that I am finding to be quite fascinating because I don't know that as I always speak words, even if they are affirming to myself that I hear it, I say it, hear it, and then receive it internally as I, and maybe I'm making too much of this, but as I'm seeing you do.
1: I agree one hundred percent. I was noticing that too. You even move fluidly as if like
0: (sighs) you're taking it all in as you're and we're just like
2: it's, uh, I don't want to be broke. I'm literally looking at the camera
0: the and looking at the difference in just our body language and the tightness that yeah. we have in this conversation. It's almost as if it's an uncomfortable conversation. We're so only you six weeks into it. the big leap. It's a lot to take and in. has been knowing
2: about it for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is like riding a bicycle for me. I can ride it at 80 <laughs> miles an hour or, or, or driving my uh, infinity. By the way, I took it out to 130 one time. That's as fast as I've ever gone to it. But that thing was steady as a rock. Took my hands off the wheel. Listen, Gay, I'm telling (laughs)
1: you, I was in the Mozzie last week. I had rented it for a brief moment just to see what it felt like again. That thing hit 90 on the 101 light. And it talked to me. It was like, Kev, you know this ain't nothing for me, baby. This, and that was in regular mode. I didn't even push it to sport mode. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, you really just do this. It don't even feel like 90 when you're designed to go. Oh, my God. <laughs> when you're designed to go 130, we're churchy 90 gay. don't feel like nothing. Because no. you were designed to go further. Oh, uh-huh. come on
0: in here. Let the man speak. I'm sorry. That to the, lo-
1: the Holy Ghost was speaking to me.
0: We're so churchy gay. Gay.
1: Gay. <laughs> I think that the Maserati is really a synonym for so many things. We're joking about it, but it really is like, Melissa and I really struggled to like, accept what the success is. I don't know if race plays into it, you know, a little bit too. I don't know. But I remember I was doing my son's podcast earlier and he said his friends are always like, you guys are rich. You guys are rich. You guys are rich. You know, one of his friends came to our house and you could see it in their eyes. It was like, Oh, y'all live in different, different (laughs) So Jojo was telling me, he was saying this in the podcast. He was like, oh, we're not rich. We're not rich. And then he said, we moved to this neighborhood. He was like, he looked around. He was like, wait, are we rich? (laughs) Because The other houses don't look, my other friends' houses don't look like this. You know, and I feel like I don't, I even hesitate to say that. Mm -hmm. I hate when people say that about me. I don't even know what rich feels like. But I do feel like we put barriers onto how we could live our life Mm -hmm. for fear of it going back. I remember when I was in therapy, one of my biggest fears is falling off. Okay, I don't want to fall off. What if I get canceled? What if people stop caring about, you know, me and all that? And my therapist, you know, I was comparing myself to other creators who had fell off, you know, but a lot of times they had done stuff to do that. You know, they stopped working, they stopped creating, they were treating people poorly or whatever. And my therapist said, But you don't even do those things that the person did. So why do you have the fear as if you you behave in that way? And I realized similar with you and your dad, like. I'm harboring the fears of actions I don't even do. Sure. But it it feels so real to me when the actions that the person that cause the person to, you know, lose success. I don't even do that. I don't even do that stuff. But somehow that fear still feels real as if I did.
2: That's really key to be aware of that kind of thing. I wanted to mention one other uh, fear too, which is the fear of uh, being a burden affects Mm -hmm. a lot of people. Uh, the fear that um, if I get more successful, that'll mean I'm going to have more burdens.
1: Yeah. More money, and, more problems, the songwriter said.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I was just also, um, you were mentioning feeling rich and uh, feeling wealthy and that kind of thing. And I, I don't know if you remember that thing by uh, Chris Rock, uh, where he said the difference between rich and wealthy.
1: Yeah, he, Yeah. He, yeah.
2: <laughs> he said... <laughs> Uh, rich Shaq is rich right but the guy who writes Shack check he's wealthy yeah <laughs> right, yeah, right.
1: yeah yeah yeah
2: Right. <laughs> so uh, I'm just curious um, since I'm kind of a newcomer to uh, your your guys work when you uh, go out there and do your stuff in the world um, are you an on stage um, like a Um, stand-up comedian kind of thing mainly, or how do you make your big bucks?
1: uh, Stand-up comedy is the main thing. Uh, Touring usually is the main thing. And then video, brand deals, commercials, uh, podcast revenue, merchandise, all all of those. But the the big bucks are from stand-up comedy. Uh
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so when you're doing that, and by the way, uh, Melissa, uh, how do you interface with all that? we do the love hour conference which we just
0: had and then of course the podcast speaking engagements and then i'm trying to get some brand deals as well just claim it in the future Uh,
1: (laughs) so you're you're, she also went on tour with me the first two years we did the love hour as a show as well she conveniently forgets that a lot of times
2: so you get out there in front of the real live people at certain times too in addition to just doing media kinds of things yeah uh, that's the one thing about this whole pandemic thing that I kind of miss is actually getting in a room with, you know, in our case there might be 50 people in the room who are just keenly interested in these ideas and batting mm-hmm. them back and forth for three days. I that has a juice I'm to it, it that I yeah. uh, I miss, but you know we're we're getting a lot of that juice here on um, yeah yes on the internet too. Well, I wanted to also um, um, put in a plug for a a couple of things. I plugged our uh, fear resources at uh, the Foundation for Conscious uh, Living. And I also uh, wanna give a a plug to our new podcast, the Big Leap podcast. Oh, nice. oh and, you have um, a podcast? Yeah, we're doing a podcast now. Mike Koenigs and I are doing it together. And at first, it was kind of like him interviewing me, but now we're just batting ideas back and forth. And so um, wherever you get podcasts, check out the Big Ken's Leap podcast. Right, you yeah. ain't
1: said nothing but a word, gay. You ain't said nothing <laughs> to me. Shoot, gonna tell me you got a podcast and I ain't know about it. we talking <laughs> about Big Leap?
2: Well, we just started it a, a month or two ago. And Man. we just had a wonderful uh, young actor on it that we interviewed Milana Vintrub. And uh, I know you know her because she's the helpful AT&T sales girl that's always trying to sell people a a cell phone. Uh, But we interviewed her and then we have conversations back and forth, but it's all about the big leap. That's that's what uh, I always love to talk about more than anything else.
0: You know that that
2: universal success mantra that I gave in the big leap, that's one I use that's my mantra, you know, yeah. and uh, I continue to use that every day of my life.
1: So we're going to take a quick break. While we do that, make sure you go to the Big Leap Podcast with Gary Hendrick and Mike Koenigs right now. We'll, put, we'll also link it in the description of the show. Go ahead and subscribe to that podcast. I just did that. We'll be back in a second.
0: All right, guys. <laughs> We're taking a break to tell all the men before you go out and get your Maserati. Make sure that you are
1: freaking musty balls. You stanky ball, hairy ball sack, disgusting civil rights, Afro black power ball sack. (laughs) Nobody wants a civil rights balls. Your ball shouldn't look like Angela Davis's fro. Your ball shouldn't look like the Jackson Fire about to perform. Your balls need to have your balls need to be low even. Women want respectable balls. They want the balls to come here with a college degree, a 401k. Your balls are coming here with a bag of Jordans and a PS5 and nothing else they bring to the table. They're unkempt. They look like they live on skid row. Your balls deserve to look like they came out of a penthouse and a high-rise and a Maserati. And the way to get your balls in shape and get them
0: neatly groomed is with Manscaped. Manscaped is on a mission to change the grooming game with their below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products that they just released, and their products are now available in the UK, Canada, and Australia. This is what you're going to do because we know you've heard the enthusiasm behind Joshua and Kevin's. Listen, stamp of approval of Manscaped. So you're going to get 20% off. You're going to go to manscaped.com. You're going to use code LOVEHOUR. Love hour. And you're going to upgrade that Dong salon with the luxury products. Well, upgrade that at your personal salon at the house inside the bathroom with the luxury products of Manscaped. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to do it right now. You're going to go to manscaped.com. You're going to use the code Love Hour, And love you're going hour. to get 20% off and free shipping. Code LOVEHOUR. Manscaped.com. Um, go do it right now. Let's get back to the show.
1: Shave your ball sack. All right, guys, we are back. Before we let Gay go, I want him to talk about the zone of genius. This part of the book really helped my mind. So, Gay, give it to us real quick before we let you go. Zone can of I genius. Can I just
0: ask one question that maybe you can include in the answer that people always have the question of? How do you determine your zone of genius versus your zone of excellence?
1: Um, excellence. Excellent okay
2: well from working with a whole bunch of people and looking into their daily business lives as well as their relationship lives most people spend their time in one of four zones okay you mentioned the genius zone but a good many of us waste our time in the zone of incompetence where you're doing stuff you're not any good at that somebody else could do better okay. and so you know like in my life i'm hopeless as an organizer, my wife is a genius organizer. She she's lots of other things too, but that's just yeah. one thing. So, wow! When I got connected up with her, it was like my life kicked up to a different level because mm-hmm. I wasn't always looking for my car keys or looking yeah. for where the checkbook was. Or, you know, I spent half my life looking for stuff that I'd just thrown away somewhere. That, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that was me. Um, so that's the zone of incompetence. Mm -hmm. The zone of competence is where you're doing stuff you're good at, but somebody else could do it just as well. Okay. Now you get into the zone of excellence and that's getting to be pretty good stuff because you're doing stuff that you're good at. You get feedback on it. You go out and uh, step on stage and you make a nightclub full of people laugh and they hand you a check and you're out the door. It's a good thing. You know, you Mm -hmm. use your zone of excellence. Now, By the way, I have a new book coming out in um, uh, 2021 uh, in the spring called The Genius Zone. And so it's all about this thing I want to talk to you about now. (laughs) Your genius zone is where you really want to be spending most of your time. Mm -hmm. When I first figured this out, I was only spending about 10% of my time. Now I spend 90% of my time in my genius zone and 10 percent of my time doing other stuff. But for the last 20 years, that's where I've been focused. Your genius zone is where you're doing what you're uniquely suited to do. Ooh, that was a good definition. Yes. When, you, when you do it, you feel aligned in yourself. You feel like you're using your energies for the best possible result. Okay. Stop. And that's just, for most of us, though, that's not very much of our time when we start. That's why you need to build it up, like I suggest in the big leap, by beginning to make conscious intentions of building up your ability to handle more and more positive energy. So what happens is that in the genius zone, here are some good questions to get you into your genius zone. One question is, what do I love to do more than anything else about the work I do? What is it about I really love? that'll get you moving in the direction of your genius zone, because your genius zone is about what you most love to do. Mm -hmm. And it may take you some time to figure that out. But inside each of you, you know that there's this thing that you most love to do. And so for me, it's helping people solve problems and helping people learn how to get along better. I'm just, if I can do that all day long, I don't even need to get paid for it. (laughs) So That's another way to tell you're in your genius zone, which is, are you doing something that you love to do even though you're not getting paid for it? Like I'm sure before you stepped on stage, uh, Kevin became a a stand-up comic, you made a bunch of people laugh in the sixth grade. I was a class clown too. That was my designation actually. (laughs) And it got me in a lot of trouble, but I'll tell you, there's no amount of trouble that can be imposed upon you in high school or elementary school that's bad enough to offset the pleasure of making your friends laugh
1: that's so true
2: you know it's like garrison keeler one time when he was a kid he, he threw a uh, ripe tomato at his little sister who was bending over and she was a goody goody in the family and he threw a tomato at her and hit her in the butt and um he got in lots of trouble for it but he said There's no amount of trouble that can (laughs) offset the pleasure of just seeing that tomato splat (laughs) on your little sister's body. (laughs) So it's the same way of being a a class clown. You know, I love that designation to this day. And actually, of the times we were on Oprah, the couple of times that really stand out in my mind are things when I said something that made the audience laugh. Laugh. You know, because even though I was talking about a serious subject, I don't think we have to be somber and like this to talk about serious subjects you know (laughs) (laughs) what we're talking about is the most serious subjects in the world but i think people ought to have a good time talking about the uh, serious subjects
1: i i love this because what it uh, it helped me in a specific way. I was consulting for a, a variety of companies um, and I couldn't quite figure out why I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was easy money and it was like, I can do it and the pandemic, I should be doing it. And after I read this book, it clicked. I, I want to do that for my own companies. And I'm most excited when I'm creating and doing stuff that directly benefits me and the people around me. Uh, I am able to consult for you and I'm able to tell you how to build your channel and you you know I'm able to tell this person why your plant channel is working, and a lot of times they'll pay people will pay a lot of money, but i don't I don't derive joy from that, and I don't want to and what I was able to tell somebody was i i at this time i I'm better spent focusing on my stuff i will I really won't give you what you want because it's not my zone of genius. I'm definitely excellent at it. I could make a living doing that if I so choose. Remember when um, uh, Viacom company wanted, me to hi- wanted to hire me and Melissa was like, you don't want to do that, Kevin. And I was like, but it's so much money. It's so much this. She's like, "But well, at the end of the day, you don't want to build up somebody else's company. You want to build up your company. So you might as well spend your time building up your company.
2: Really important because I make a distinction between ordinary creativity and true creativity. Ordinary creativity is when you're using your creativity, but you're using it for somebody else. True creativity is when you're using it to fulfill your own life purpose and to enroll Mm. people in that, not to enroll people in somebody else's thing. That's good.
1: That's why I sucked at it. That's (laughs) why I couldn't stay at all deaf or work with anybody else's company. Okay. We have to let uh, Gay go. Gay right now, okay, as the Patreon watches this, Gay only has four or five episodes on The Big Leap. He has 18 ratings, okay? I want you to subscribe to his podcast and give him a five-star rating so that he can say, man, after Kev's thing, I've got X amount of ratings. So go Show on to the it, impact And what that does for his podcast, when you have a lot of five-star ratings, it jumps it up to yeah. the new and noteworthy and things like that. And more people will find out about it. So please subscribe to his podcast and, and, and give it a five-star rating. I'm going to do it right now. So I'm going to be the 19th <laughs> and, uh, and in that way, Gay will be like, I'm definitely coming back on Kevin list podcast yeah. because now I know there's that there's impact. value here. Um, and I'm writing a review. By the way,
2: I, I, I'd be happy to come back with you too. Anyway, I love your energy. And Thank I you. always, I want to support couples who work together too, because my wife and I have had such a rich time working together that you can learn so much about, your relationship, you know, by working together. And so blessings upon you for that. Thank you. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation,
0: everything I wanted it to be. And um, if you have any closing remarks, I've already directed the people where they can find you, but you can definitely close this out.
2: Well, good. Um, of course, H-e-n-d-r-i-c-k-s dot com is a great uh, place to find out about all our resources and uh, my latest book conscious luck is out now and the new one genius zone is going to be out uh, in the spring so got a big year of all sorts of good stuff and i'm sure we'll um, cross paths but here's the number one thing I do want you to come to my house. I have this beautiful circular driveway here that's full of succulents and beautiful hedges and things like that. And I want to see the Maserati roll done, slowly <laughs> into the driveway. Gay, okay. you don't There's no way I can't get it now. And you don't invite what, me no, to. No, I no white Maseratis. No white, white
1: Maserati, Gay. I'm going to pull up in your circular driveway, say what up to the succulents <laughs> in the Black Levante.
2: And I'm just going to have to do it. I'm sorry, Liz. This- Actually, I'm going to look up um, a black Levante right now so I can get a clear image of you driving it. Okay, so manifest. Th- the first thing I'm going to do is uh, when I get off the phone here is I like to have a little cooling down period before I go on about my other business. And I'm going to... Um, do a little bit of manifestation work on getting you connected up with the absolutely perfect um, Maserati. Um, you by make the way, go. I grew up in Florida near the Sebring Over. racetrack. That's where I first became a car guy. And um, <laughs> believe it or not, when I punched in the search for him, up comes a white one. <laughs> 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 Take that image out of your mind.
1: Don't no, get I'm getting under. the black one, gay. I'm really, and we're coming to Ohio. That ain't number two hours, not even probably two from us. No, that's,
2: OK, uh, now I got the black one up here. The so let me just up. get a clear picture of you driving yes. this car. Melissa, do you like to drive too? I'm sitting in the passenger seat. OK, there's <laughs> Melissa in the passenger seat. Gosh, that's a good looking. Ain't yeah. it? They have Don't this, you just see us in there? They have this. Are you going to get the Rebelly limited system? Series? You got to go limited. You got, I don't even know what that is yet, but I got to get
0: it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen,
1: thank I, see you. I see you driving into my driveway in it. Okay. I'm pulling up. I can't come in nothing less now. You ain't going to recognize me. You're looking for a man in a Maserati. If I come in anything less, you won't recognize me. I might
2: not be able to come in. <laughs> and, you know, there's more than one way to get these things. You put out a lot of positive energy in the world, you know, yeah. and you get well rewarded and everything, but lots of people, see a guy like you or see a couple like you and say wow i'd love to make a donation to them i'm going to give them a uh, maserati maserati's agency
1: reached out and wanted to use my video in their marketing campaign by the time i get you it they say, might,
2: yeah they might say, put it. a lavati in my driveway <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, i love it absolutely
1: man thank you so much gay we really thank appreciate you. having this has you been so much fun uh, Patreon, we gonna stay on chat a little bit. The rest of you guys will see you next week.
0: Thank blessings you, blessings to you. Thank you so much. Thank All right. you.